Greetings, colleagues and friends of the Chinese Language Division of the American Translators Association. I know, I know, it hasn't even been two weeks since our last episode, but you know what they say: extraordinary times require extraordinary measures. <laughs> well, in our context today, what I'm about to share with you isn't all that extraordinary, but. It is something that is quite important for us to know and to be aware of, especially if we work as freelance conference interpreters. And that is why we're having this ad hoc episode today. We are about three years into the pandemic now, and remote simultaneous interpreting, otherwise known as RSI, is hardly the shiny new thing anymore. While we, the interpreters, have been making do with whatever tools at our disposal to provide the quality language access to our clients, our colleagues in the tech space have also been busy developing and optimizing tools to make our job easier. For example, we've all seen how the popular online meeting platform Zoom. Went from having only one audio channel to having the simultaneous interpretation function, to its integrating the relay feature that we often have to use during a multilingual event. A lot of the progress made in the technology sphere that pertains to our line of work has been mainly driven by the advocates and the voices of our profession. They see a potential issue. And they voice their concerns, and they make sure that their voice, which is representative of our profession as a whole, gets heard. And as a result, actions are taken and solutions are put forth. However, just like everything else in life, we hardly get things right at the first try, and it's never a smooth sail. So it takes a lot of trials and errors to fine-tune something to get it working. Just right for us. Okay, enough speaking in riddles and being cryptic. What I am talking about is the latest recording feature that Zoom has enabled, with which, when a meeting is recorded, the interpretation channels are also automatically recorded along with the main audio channel, aka the floor. At the first glance, especially to non-interpreters, this may seem like a rather innocent or even useful and friendly feature, but there is quite a bit to unpack there. What's there to unpack, you may ask? Well, I'm going to leave all the heavy liftings to our guest today, Maha El Matwali. Since 2008. As a United Nations and European institutions accredited conference interpreter, Maha has been providing interpretation service from English, French, and Dutch into Arabic, and from Arabic into English. With more than 1,200 days of professional experience interpreting for various international organizations and many high-level international events, along with a master's degree in interpreter training from the University of Geneva, Maha has also been offering training to interpreters in the aspects of remote interpreting platforms and interpreting technology. 
She has trained many interpreters during the pandemic and has been instrumental to their success. Maha is an active member of many well-respected professional translation and interpretation associations on both sides of the pond, including the American Translators Association and the International Association of Conference Interpreters, otherwise known as the IEEC. In addition, Maha holds the fellowship to the Institute of Translation and Interpreting as well as the Chartered Institute of Linguists. Most importantly, Maha is amongst the many active voices that advocate for our profession. Her latest advocacy effort is to spearhead the open letter to Zoom regarding the controversial recording feature, which she will share with us in more details in just a little while. Stay tuned. Hi, Maha. Thank you so much for joining us today. I know that you have taken the initiative to the open letter to Zoom. Would you please let us know your understanding of the problem, um, what is happening now with Zoom, with this new feature? Hi, Jesse, and thank you for having me. Basically, what happened with Zoom is on the update of November 6th, they changed the way that a host can record a meeting. So. When a host records a meeting and the meeting is interpreted, they automatically record all the interpreting channels. And this is the major change compared to before that, when the host needed to do more in order to record the interpreters. Hmm, I see. So in other words, before when the host records the meeting, it is only the main channel. But with this new feature, the host is able to record the original sound as well as the interpretation. Yes. Mm. And the interesting part here is you record everything whether you want to or not, because the host may only be interested in recording the main session either for making a report later, or for the minutes, for disseminating it to people. Uh, so it does not necessarily require the recording of the interpreting. But mm -hmm. the, now the host does not have a choice. If they want to record the meeting and this meeting is interpreted, they will record everything whether they like it or not. And then when the host downloads the recording, what they will get is separate files. So an audio file for the main session, an audio file for language one, language two, language three, and so, and so forth. I see. Well, would you say maybe this could be a good thing on the spectrum of, you know, language access? When the meeting is happening, say, for example, in English, there might be speakers of other language who are interested in knowing it. And then by Zoom, making all the interpretation uh, features available in the recording, wouldn't that be one step forward in the language access direction? I understand you're trying to be the devil's advocate here, Jesse, but <laughs> let me answer you this way. We are all for multilingualism. We are all linguists and that right. is what we do. We like languages. We want to be able to communicate and enable others to communicate in their mother tongues. However, the issue here has to do with intellectual property rights. Interpreting is a feature that happens now. You know, so the, in simultaneous interpreting, this is something that enables the communication now. 
And once it is recorded, it exits the now and goes also into the future. So it becomes accessible for future use, which is fine if there is consent from the interpreters in advance. So Mm -hmm. it happens that uh, the client needs the recording, then they need to communicate with the interpreters in advance, explain what they are going to use the recording for, and then the interpreters can charge for their intellectual property rights, something that differs from one country to the other in terms of value. However, it is something that needs to be done in advance and the interpreters need to be compensated for. But the function as it is now records the interpreters irrespective Mm -hmm. of any agreements. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be faced with this surprise if I hadn't used Zoom for a while and then I start interpreting and then I find that everything is being recorded. So the issue now is not about making the meeting available in different languages. It is about the intellectual property rights of the interpreters. I see. And that makes perfect sense why we as practicing interpreters should be aware of this issue. Absolutely. And as a couple of colleagues phrased it very well, Gio Lester, for instance, wrote a comment on the open letter that I sent on LinkedIn, listing all the legal documents that support the interpreter's property rights. Mm -hmm. So she cited, for instance, the the Bern Convention uh, that uh, stipulates that when the interpreting is committed to fixed media of any nature, the performance of the conference interpreter becomes a translation and its author has exclusive rights. Another document also was brought to my attention today by my colleague, uh, Ioannis uh, Fragiadakis, and it is about the ISO standard 24019 of 2022, and it is on the simultaneous interpreting delivery platforms. What Mm. are the requirements and recommendations? So there is a chapter seven, and this chapter is on the requirements related to the simultaneous interpreting delivery platforms. So Zoom is one of these platforms. And Article 710 talks about recording, webcasting, and storing. If I may cite it, it says the simultaneous interpreting delivery platform should enable the recording, webcasting, and storing of transmitted content Subsequent use of interpreting, including but not limited to recording, uh, software development or enhancement, shall be subject to the interpreter's prior consent. Mm. And there are, of course, the relevant copyright legislation that can apply. So that whole idea of prior consent is very important here. That is part and parcel of any agreement between the interpreter and their client. They need to discuss this in advance. And the way that Zoom is doing it now, it is basically forcing all interpreters to review their contracts and make sure that this article is there. But it also means extra negotiation or extra discussions with the client when it is not really needed, because if the client does not want to record the interpreting, they find themselves in a situation now where they need to discuss this with the interpreters since the recording of the main session will record the interpreting channels into the bargain. It sounds like theoretically there could be a simple fix. I mean, of course, we aren't 
software engineers and we don't really know much about the text. But I think theoretically, it just sounds like Zoom needs to uncouple the recordings of the main floor and the interpretation channels, or at least let us or let the clients choose what to record and what not to record. Wouldn't that be so? I, I totally agree with you. And I wrote that in the open letter as well. I think it's a matter of adding a button in the settings. I don't think it is more complicated than this. It yes. is just a toggle that you need to activate or deactivate. Do you want to record the session? Yes or no? Do you want to record the interpreting channels? Yes or no? That's it. So it is indeed, the, the keyword is, here is uncoupling, what you just said. Not <laughs> making the recording of the main session separate from recording the interpretation channels. No matter how straightforward or simple it may sound, I'm sure, you know, when things go through the pipelines and then it's always going to take a long time. Now, in the meantime, what do you suggest interpreters do just so we can damper the damage uh, a little bit uh, so it does not cause too much um, headache for us? Okay, well, I, I must say that Zoom was very quick to react. So I think I posted the letter on a Sunday and then on a Monday already they reacted and they said, thank you for this and we are going to refer it to the relevant people. So I'm hoping that it is not going to take a long time until they react, mm -hmm. but until they do or until actually they fix it, uh, let me say it this way, um, it is very important for the interpreters to make sure that their contracts are updated to include a very clear clause uh, on the recording. Uh, mm -hmm. So if this was something that colleagues were not including in their contract or were doing on an ad hoc basis, you need to really put that in the contract and also alert your clients. Tell them that mm -hmm. this is the situation with Zoom. And we know that Zoom is very popular with many users. So they need to alert their clients to tell them this is the update and that is what it uh, entails. Uh, and then make uh, clear agreements with the clients. So if the clients would like to record, but they do not want to record the interpreting, maybe the clients need to put something then uh, on paper that uh, they are recording the meeting. And even though the interpreting channels are uh, lumped into the same recording, they are not going to be using the recording without prior consent from the interpreter. So talk with the clients and also update your contract. Hmm. Do you think that this could cause some hard feelings on the client side? Because some clients, like you said, may not even be interested in recording the interpretation channels at all. But because currently Zoom has everything lumped together, they have no choice but to do this. Then the interpreter goes to them and says, oh, look, now you are recording everything. And I have no idea if you intend to or if you will ever use my interpretation at a future occasion. Though so I'm afraid I'm going to have to either charge you for it or have some sort of term. Could that be potentially bad in keeping your client happy? Well, I hope that the clients are not going to see it as a sign of lack of trust from the interpreter's part when we ask for something like this. But I think that it is better to be transparent and it is better to have clear agreements in advance of doing any work. Having said that, it may mean extra admin or paperwork on the part of the client, which nobody is looking forward to. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. 
the most important thing is to stay in the know and uh, whether um, we as interpreters, as professionals, uh, want to communicate this idea to the client or how we communicate this idea to the client is ultimately up to us. But it would really just be bad if we didn't know such thing existed. So I think that's the most important part. Wouldn't you agree, Laha? Yeah, and it is great that there are many colleagues in the interpreting community are updated on what is happening and they are sharing this information. That is fantastic that uh, we can rely on each other to be informed. Um, but also when it comes to us being informed, it is also important that we inform our clients. So it is probably part of our client education because there are many people, I'm sure, who use Zoom who do not read the updates or do not know what the updates are. They just have to click on the check for updates. Oh, yeah, that is the update. What I'm interested in is just getting the system to work. So it is important then when there are updates that are related to interpreting mm -hmm. that we also continue to inform our clients. Thank you very much, Maha, for your great insights and super solid and actionable advice. Happy to be of help, Jesse. Thank you. Oh, wow, my dearest colleagues and friends. I hope you find what Maha has shared with us helpful. I know I do. Oh, one last thing before I say goodbye. I am grateful for being a part of this wonderful professional community, for having every single one of you as my awesome colleagues. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Until next time.